to Inspiring Healthy Workplaces, a podcast brought to you by Total Wellness. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Inspiring Healthy Workplaces podcast. I am your host, Alan Cole, and today we're talking all about sleep. My guests today are from Days, that's spelled D-A-Y-Z-Z, a company who provides employees with innovative sleep plans that match their needs and goals. With me, I have Amir Editsky, CEO and co-founder, and Dr. Mirav Konzion, Chief Science Officer at Days. Let's kick it off with some introductions from our two guests. I'll introduce myself for you. So uh, I'm the, uh, my name is Amir. I'm the CEO of Days and, and the co-founder of Days. Actually, my background is not from the health domain at all. And for the last 15 years or so, I've been doing a lot of e-commerce and designing online products. So I'm very passionate about learning how people are behaving online. And I have to say that a lot of the knowledge and experience that I've gained in my career in, um, you know, setting credits online and, um, and, and engaging with users while they are uh, um, doing their gaming online or buying online uh, uh, flight tickets or any other very traditional e-commerce funnels that we know or e-commerce experience, I use a lot of this knowledge, a lot of the methods that I know, and I integrate them within the day's solution because at the end of the day, engaging with an online user is very similar. And I think that in that case, there are a lot of industries today like the financial industry or the e-commerce industry or the online tour operators, which have started the, uh, you know, the online revolution much uh, earlier than the healthcare system. And therefore, you can find a lot of knowledge and a lot of method that you can use, a lot of technology, a lot of capabilities that you can import from those industries into the healthcare industries and to leverage all the knowledge and all the uh, uh, data that we already have from other industries in order to engage better and actually uh, use all these capabilities and data in order to do good. Uh, I'll give a little bit about myself. So, um, I'm, as I mentioned, Mayrav Coenzyne, I'm a clinical psychologist uh, and a sleep researcher for over 20 years now. Uh, in uh, my uh, position, uh, I'm part of the uh, founding team. Uh, I'm the chief science officer, which basically means that I'm in charge of the science behind the, behind the day's um, platform and technology. Uh, so I provide a lot the content. Uh, as Amir mentioned, we are very uh, invested in um, delivering science-based, validated both assessment and sleep protocols. So I'm involved in um, the process of making these protocols that are currently mostly traditionally offered in uh, face-to-face setting or healthcare settings into the digital world and digital platform. Give me an example of, 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 of how you used your background in e-commerce into your application, like one specific. Uh, that would be good to know, like how that cross-applied. 
Well, I can give you a lot of little examples, and I think that at the end of the day, the way, this is the secret sauce of days. But, you know, I will just give you a very simple one. At the end of the day, you, you want to engage better with users. Who is doing that better than e-commerce site? Because they are, you know, being measured upon transactions, and they are investing a lot of money and a lot of uh, technology in order to, uh, to, to bring you as a user to the end of the funnel. Um, in, in our case, the funnel, let's say, is an assessment. We would like you to complete the assessment. So exactly as you will fill up a cart in an e-commerce website and you will abandon the cart and not buy the, anything, I believe that you know that this uh, website, they will follow you anywhere to remind you to finish up your uh, registration or finish up your funnel in order or put your credit right. card. And uh, they use a lot of technology and a lot of capabilities in order to do that. We call it remarketing, pixeling, all kinds of you know methods to do that. And actually in days, when you are uh, filling up the assessment, and let's, let's say that you abandoned the assessment and you didn't finish all the assessment, you didn't finish all the protocol, we will use a lot of these technologies and a lot of these capabilities and a lot of the experience that we have from other industries in order to have you finish the assessment. And I can tell you that the conversion rate between registration users to those who did the assessment is higher than 70%. So this is a huge number in engaging with a medical protocol assessment. Um, and we are using that by exploiting, you know, push notifications, reminders, dynamic UI. And, um, you know, we will put the, the, the only single action that you need to do now uh, on the top of the, the, uh, of the homepage. And uh, we will use a lot of dynamic uh, um, uh, changes to the UI in order to create hierarchy in uh, in the app and to let users be very easily understand what they what the next step okay. in the app is. Make, makes total, what makes total next sense. Step. So do you want to continue? Uh, no, no. So this is a very simple example. By the way, another example would be, let's say that uh, you're going to the gym, right? And if you will go to an intake conversation with a doctor, with a physician, it will tell you, listen, it's great that you're going to the gym. Because you're active, it helps you go to sleep, it helps your metabolism, everything. Everybody knows that exercise is amazing. But the reality is that you are going to the gym at 10 p.m. The doctor doesn't know that, and you don't know that actually what happens is that your adrenaline level are so high, and this is one of the causes that you cannot sleep well. But we know that you went to the gym because we have your location. And then when you finish your exercise, we will then tell you, you know, right, right there and then, that you might consider to change your schedule for your exercise to, let's say, just after work at around 6 p.m., and it will help you to sleep better. So this is a very simple, you know, advantage that the data-driven protocol, personalized protocol, has upon a physician. Because a physician just doesn't know. And it goes even better than that because let's say that a week afterwards, you did go to the gym at 6 p.m. 
So actually you did the change. We will then encourage you and give you actually an achievement reward that you did the change. This is exactly the little things that create better engagement with the app and create trust between you oh, and yeah. the I, app. I'm, I'm a total believer in little, little things and to change behavior than big things. If you tell somebody she, she's got to run a marathon or a half marathon in six months and they're starting from zero, that, that goal is too hard. Yeah. But if you reward little things like, oh, you know, great, you ran, a, you, you ran a mile today or you walked a mile and then you then they feel like they've done something, they're, they're going, they have those little tiny goals or little achievements and then they add up to that big goal. But if you focus on the long term, I want to improve your sleep and I want to sleep seven or nine hours it seems to them that's impossible. But if you're rewarding by doing other things, I, I agree with that. That's kind of cool. So can you track if they went through a McDonald's drive through too? In some cases, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure that we are able to be so specific, but I have to say that, yeah, I mean, we can't track if you went into a restaurant. And, all, and I believe that McDonald's is, uh, you know, marked as a restaurant. So we are able, let's say, to tell you that, let's say that you are uh, getting into a restaurant at around 3 p.m. And uh, in a lot of cases, the protocol for better sleep includes caffeine consumption limitation. So let's say that you are not allowed to drink coffee after 4 p.m. So in all the curriculum linear-based, you will just they will just tell it to you on the first session, listen, from now on, you are not supposed to consume coffee after 3 p.m., after 4 p.m. But the reality is that you forget it or, you know, you just, just once. Everybody knows exactly how it works. But when we know that you get into a restaurant at 3 p.m., we will then remind you, hey, this is your last chance to enjoy your coffee today. So just remind yourself that this is the last coffee for today because it's oh, 3 cool. p.m. So these kind of the reminders that are very personalized, they are very relevant to the specific event that you're uh, experiencing just now. And this is the little things that create, again, trust and engagement with the protocol. Right. Okay. That's some great background. Can you tell me more about DAIS? DAIS is based, as you know, in Israel, and we are developing technology in order to diagnose and to treat sleep disorders. And the, 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 the interesting part of what we're doing is that we are doing that by utilizing data. So we collect data uh, about the user. We collect it from all kinds of sources. It can be wearables and we device agnostic so you can sync whenever, whatever wearable you have. It can be Fitbit, Garmin, Apple Watch. We collect a lot of data from the mobile phone itself. So actually we uh, rely on um, on the uh, Wi-Fi connectivity, location, accelerometer, etc. So we know a lot about the day-to-day behavior of the user and obviously the, the app usage itself. And another very important source of data that we utilize in order to personalize and to diagnose users into specific buckets is a, it's a proprietary questionnaire that we designed and validated together with John Hopkins University that helps us, first of all, to triage users into different segments of sleep conditions. And this is a key component in our technology because in most cases you can find solutions online today in order to improve sleep quality. 
but most of them will be very niche, which means that they will treat insomnia or they will treat circadian syndrome or some of them will help people who have sleep apnea to better engage or better adhere to the CPAP machine. But, but the reality is that the user doesn't know what he has. He just knows that he's very tired. So the component of, you know, a funnel that the user can onboard or enroll into and buy that at the end of this funnel to understand exactly what's the condition that he has. And according to that, to be able to personalize a treatment that will fit his specific condition and day-to-day behavior, this is the key differentiator of what today's technology can do in order to treat better with sleep disorders. The other thing that which is very important that we are using data into is to, to have better engagement with the user because, as you probably know, one of the main challenges in, in uh, uh, managing chronic diseases and sleep is one of them is just to engage with the user because it's very hard to engage and the adherence level usually for curriculum-based linear protocols are really low. So actually we are using the data in order to deliver the protocol in such way that the adherence level are much higher than if you were to deliver it just in a linear curriculum base like a lot of solutions are doing that you go online for a session, let's say on Monday, you get homework, you need to do stuff by your own, and then you have another session and a week afterwards. And it happens that on the third session, a lot of people would drop off from the protocol. So in days, actually, we don't have a, a session. You just use the app, you get specific and personalized reminders, which delivers the specific part of the protocol that you need to do now. And we are doing that by analyzing location, Wi-Fi connectivity, app usage, and a lot of other data points that we collect from all the three sources that I've mentioned. So this is, in a nutshell, what we're doing. It's very important for us that every feature of the, the app or every feature of the technology is highly validated because on this thin line of wellness on one side and, you know, medical on the other side, it's very important for us to be positioned very close to the medical part of this, you know, two segments, because there are a lot of solutions out there that claims a lot, but the validation level of them is really low. And therefore, in some cases, obviously, there is placebo effects, so some of them works, but the reality is that if you really want to treat sleep conditions or any other, by the way, uh, uh, chronic conditions, you have to use a solution which is validated, clinical-based, and driven by medical protocols which are validated. Uh, can, can you go back a little to the beginning and uh, put some framework on how prevalent uh, all these sleep-related uh, issues are in the workplace, uh, percentages? Sure. So, uh, so I'll, I'll give a little bit of an overview on that as well. Um, so, you know, large population surveys in the U.S. are showing that probably about 20 to 30 percent of the population uh, is uh, dealing with some type of sleep disorder. Um, many of those people are unaware or undiagnosed, uh, but definitely the vast majority are untreated. Um, there are many reasons for that, but um, 
uh, first and foremost, the, the issue is that people don't know what they have. They know tired, they know they're not feeling well, often they feel down or or anxious or depressed by it, but they really don't understand that behind it all, there's a uh, an underlying sleep condition. Uh, and this is because, you know, they may not per se be suffering sleep loss. They may be dealing with a poor quality sleep, but they don't notice that it's coming from there. Um, so days, actually, the first thing that we aim to do is to try to get people screened, get their sleep screened, trying to understand what is the main issue, um, sleep issue that they're dealing with. And that is why we, first of all, uh, underwent a large study to figure out, well, can we valid, you know, um, uh, uh, develop a proprietary questionnaire that can validly um, screen people for, for at least the four main sleep conditions, and that's insomnia, sleep apnea, uh, delayed sleep phase syndrome, which these are people that um, are kind of like night owls um, and insufficient sleep syndrome. And so when we know what someone has, and, and those four buckets will get us the majority of undiagnosed um, or, or the majority of the, uh, of the most common sleep conditions. Um, and once we know that, we can start triaging people into bucket and into the appropriate treatment uh, flow journeys. And that's exactly what we're also offering within the platform. Unfortunately, the majority of, of um, in healthcare um, <clears throat> uh, systems today uh, are having a very hard time uh, trying to triage these people. Uh, often they're unaware this is what is happening, but then obviously do not have uh, sufficient resources to really um, uh, treat uh, these conditions. And so one way to get to these people is really via the employer. Uh, since uh, at least about 50% of the U.S. population is getting their insurance or wellness and from the employer, many employers offer wellness programs to support health uh, within the uh, occupational setting. Uh, and one way to get to identifying these conditions and treating them, uh, thereby not only improving, most importantly, the user health, but also obviously reducing healthcare utilization and, and costs for the employer, uh, is by getting to these people via their uh, wellness platforms. Since a lot of times you're dealing with HR benefit people and, and probably wellness people as well, and they don't always understand the technology or don't understand all the data behind the technology. How do you present the case to use your, your, uh, your platform for their wellness program? So that's two, two, two questions, maybe totally separate, but if you could kind of fill us in on that. You know, ways to decide whether to present or to deliver a specific solution to their associates or employees in some cases, they will they would just you know would like to be very innovative. They know that the awareness for sleep is becoming higher. They want to be a part of this trend, and therefore they would like to add a sleep component to their wellness program. In that case, usually the the, the sleep component within the wellness program 
will be uh, a little bit like an add-on on the side. It's not, it's not going to be a part of a comprehensive health plan. It's going to be like a very um, uh, uh, pinpoint and uh, a little bit isolated from the rest of the offering that an HR benefit manager is offering to their employees. And I have to say that this we see it not as the best way to, to deploy the program, but it's a very easy way to create a pilot and to collect data and to show and, uh, and then to prove the use case of their, uh, um, the worth of deploying this kind of, of a solution. So it's easier to deploy in that way but I have to say that the better, that the more synchronized that this program is with the rest of the healthcare program, then the results are going to be much better. So, you know, just um, as an example, with New Balance, we've started in that way. We started in a pilot and in an, we can call it like a limited community or limited population pilot. But in that case, it was easier to implement and it was easier to collect data and to show that this isolated community was affected by using today's application. And then we could collect data, analyze the data, and then show the Agile Benefits Manager, in that case, Mr. Glenn Haskell, that, that uh, uh, the impact of the program was high, the usage and the penetration rate was high, and the satis- satisfaction and the productivity level were higher. And then... When, he, when the HR benefits manager sees that we can actually create a significant impact, he then will add us to the total wellness uh, or health program that is running within the company for the year of 2020. And then the incentives of an employee to use the program is much higher because obviously he gets a lot of perks and a lot of uh, uh, other uh, incentives in order to be a part of the wellness program. Absolutely. So yeah, a lot, of, a lot of companies have a, um, uh, even a technology platform that does a lot of different things. And then if you're, exactly. if you're in the silo option side, it's hard to get employees, first of all, engaged in, in a wellness program. And then you add a second tier, that becomes more difficult. So is there a, a significant, uh, do you have to, in a pilot, how many employees do you target to, to do that pilot? I mean, what is there a minimum number that you want to see so you get valid data yeah so in order to be you know meaningful and to show like data that we can use we would like the pilot to be uh bigger than 1000 employees because if let's say roughly that the prevalence of sleep disorders is around 25 to 30 percent so if you're going to present the solution to thousand employees you are expecting Uh, a target audience of around 300 users and let's say that the penetration rate is about 30% and then you can find about you can find data from around 100 users which is enough to show the impact and what we call the return on investment and satisfaction level and productivity so this this was roughly the, the size of the pilot in New Balance in New Balance again it was really interesting because this community was actually divided from two different sites. One of them was the headquarters. So you can find over there, you know, accountants, marketing, a lot of office workers, which have a specific day-to-day behavior and routine. 
And on and the other side was the manufacturing site in Lawrence. And you can see different data coming from uh, two different sites, and it was really interesting. Can you tell me more about how Dave's proves the ROI or return on investment? Yeah. And um, another challenge, by the way, with sleep is that in a lot of cases, the, the organization, and in that case, it will probably be the CFO, they want to make sure that they are paying for something that they get some kind of a return on that. I know that, by the way, in New Balance, they are so amazing that the main return that they are looking for is the satisfaction and happiness of the employees. And they know that it's very difficult anyway to measure, you know, return on investment in, 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 in uh, cash flow. Or, right. Or, or, right. Uh, so, so they measure it differently. But there are a lot of employers that are, they would like to see real return on investment. And because of that, one of the challenges is actually to show that sleep is important because if you were to go to the health expenses you know, list and you would like to see how much you spent last year on sleep, you will see that you spend very little amount of money on sleep and it looks like it's not important. But the reality is that this list that includes smoking, obesity, diabetes, metabolism issues, mental issues, they are all strongly related to sleep. And when you improve your sleep quality, you will find that you save a lot of money in healthcare utilization in all other indirect comorbidities. So the awareness of, you know, I've just saw an, a lecture by Dr. Oz that sleep might be the most important, you know, condition to address in the next 10 years or so. Yep. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. Agree with you. I mean, sleep is the foundation of everything in health. If you don't sleep, you might as well throw everything out the window. So, yeah. Well, it was great yeah. talking to both of you. I hope I can keep in touch on many respects. And yeah. sure, we would love to. Thanks. Thanks again. Uh, have a good evening. <laughs> Get some sleep. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Inspiring Healthy Workplaces podcast. And a special thank you to my two guests from Days. It sounds like they're having, doing some great things to help improve sleep to make workplaces safer, happier, and more productive.